y'all, we are back with the CNC Show, also known more popularly as the Sports Ethos Washington Wizards Podcast. I'm your host, Corbin Ford, one of your hosts, the co-host here of this fine ship, joined as always by our Captain Carthen. Uh, we got a quick show here for y'all, real quick. Bradley Beal's returned, been out again with the injury, what else is new? No shade, though. No shade. Just saying that. (laughs) (laughs) The Wizards win. They beat the Knicks. We're going to break it down a little bit. Uh, And before we do all that, with the person who's going to lead the way, Carthen, my friend, how are you doing, bro? I'm doing good. Glad to be back. Glad to give you all this content that we're here to give you today. And I'm ready to get going. Absolutely. So without further ado, let's get to it. So I guess we should probably start with the win, um, because the Wizards did indeed get one, uh, beating the New York Knicks, and this was at New York, if I remember? Yes, sir, in Madison Square Garden. Madison Square Garden, 116-105. to 105. Just kind of run over some of the stats here. Leading score for the Wizards was Kyle Kuzma, 27 points, 13 rebounds, and 7 assists. Always good when he gets that many assists. He wasn't the only front court member who passed the ball out a, a bit. Kristaps uh, Porzingis at 22 points, 11 rebounds, and 5 assists of his own. Uh, they were two of six players for the Wizards in double digits. Bradley Beal returned, like we mentioned, had 18 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists. Uh, Denny Abija had 14 points and 7 boards. DeLon right off the bench had 11 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. And Monte Morris had 13 points, 7 rebounds, and 5 assists. And that was just too much for the Knicks, who honestly... They didn't shoot the ball well. Shot 41% from the field, 26% from three, 66% from the line. Compare that to the Wizards, who shot 44% from the field, 38% from three, knocking down 16 long balls, and shot 84% from the line. Um, Jalen Brunson played well for the Knicks. And then you had, of course, R.J. Barrett. Uh, Julius Randle did not have a good shooting game. Neither did much of the other Knicks. But why do we care about them? Because we're talking about the Wizards. So... Going back to Washington, Carthen, you see the victory that the Wizards had. You see the bounce scoring that they had across the board here, um, at least from their two front court members and the passing they did as well. Uh, what were your takeaways from this victory? What I took away from this game today was they played really well together. They passed the ball pretty well together today. It was not a one of those games where they were trying to play hero ball, ball was sticking, different things like that. They got the ball moving. They had 28 assists tonight uh, for a team. That's really, really good for them. They actually out-rebound New York tonight, 52-49, to whereas New York is the number three ranked uh, rebounding team in the league this year. So that was quite impressive. They They actually, to me, looked like they were really trying they they put an emphasis on rebounding tonight they were crashing the boards nobody was really leaking out like they normally do they actually was down there Porzingis was using his length to his advantage he was they they played very well nine blocks tonight they uh they were aggressive in the paint they got um they had um, New York with a bunch of fouls tonight. They had twenty. Uh, New York had twenty fouls of their twenty-three. However, um, 
once Mitchell Robinson, I mean, yeah, once Mitchell Robinson went out with his injury, that changed a lot with the game. Uh, but they played very, very physical. Three-point shooting was well above Washington's normal average. Um, they were actually knocking down their threes, and they did it consistently throughout the entire game. It wasn't a stretch where they were just knocking down a bunch of threes, and then they just started missing them like they have been known to do during quite a few games. So the other thing is a little fun stat for you. Today was the second game this season that the Wizards have had a fully healthy roster. The second game that they have been completely all season. And guess what their record is with a fully with with a full roster? What? Two and zero. Wow, wow, that is that is interesting. I mean, it makes sense that you would have a fully healthy team playing well. I mean, mind you, the NBA this year has been riddled with injuries. The parity's been across the board. You know, you do have to play through it, but that is cool to say. You know, when you look at the Wizards and their record right now, and you may, you know, have reason to be disappointed. There's been quite a few things outside of health to be disappointed by this Washington Wizards team. But if you're looking for saving grace, it's the fact that you're right. This team hasn't been healthy. Now, whether or not this team can continue to be healthy now, that's another story for another day. But I definitely am with you there. I want to kind of turn to, I think, one of the standouts of this game, one of the stars of the show here, um, Kyle Kuzma who this was his fourth game in the last seven that he's had at over um, at least five assists. And mind you, the record for that, this is hilarious. This is actually their first win with Kyle Kuzma averaging, having more than five assists over this last seven game stretch. So when you're looking at Kyle passing the ball, is it something that when he's doing it more is helpful for the team? Is this something that's happening because the team can't generate playmaking? Now, Obviously, in this game, I wouldn't say so. I think you saw Chris House pass the ball well. Beal pass the ball well. Monte Morris pass the ball well. But as far as, like, a consistent trend, what is it with the spike in playmaking for Kyle Kuzma in terms of assists and their performance? Is there something to it? Is there nothing to it? What do you think about it's, that? It's definitely something to it. But, again, it's just like the Russell Westbrook thing. When you don't have the playmaker, when you don't have the the playmakers and scores around you that can score on their own and score without you making the play, making the the plays for them, your stats end up looking real empty. And when they actually look empty like that, is because if they're only really scoring off of your assists. And they're not scoring when you don't touch the ball. Your at the end of the game, your point totals is going to be low. However, with today's game, you got to think they had a lot of people scoring. They had a lot of three points, three pointers made tonight. And on top of that, you had, like I said, for the second time all season, the full team was healthy. And when they were healthy, we had six people in double figures. Not just that, you had people that were given good minutes playing defense. They had good rebounding. They were able to play a brand of basketball that produced points, not just from one person. 
Kyle Kuzma wasn't the only one that was that was dishing the ball. As as we stated, they had twenty eight assists tonight. But also, Kyle Kuzma was able to have a little more freedom because Bradley Bill was back on the court. So, like Bradley Bill said in his exit interview of the game, him being on the floor is not just as a scorer, but he's also a decoy. There's a couple of plays that they had on the on on the uh, on the court tonight where they had easy layups because they faked the pass to Bradley Bill and somebody cut and they just got an easy layup to the basket. Where normally you wouldn't get that because you didn't have that playmaker and Bradley Bill that was there that commanded the respect of the other team's defense. You ha- you actually had to play defense five on five instead of four on five or even three on five in, in, in some instances. And because of that, you saw a difference in the way the team was playing tonight. And they played the defense. Their offense was, was working tonight. And they got the win over a team that didn't play their best game tonight. And you got to take it for what it is. You can't you can't knock it because it's not like they didn't have any kind of defensive uh, stats and it's just like they just missed shots. I mean, when you have nine blocks, five steals in a game, you you play some good defense. So. That is true. That is true. You got to give some credit. Like you said, if you're going to look at the, the Knicks not playing well, um, that's one thing, and that makes I mean, and that makes sense, you know, in terms of part of the reason why the Wizards won. But also, like you said, they passed the ball, they knocked down their threes at a high clip, they played good defense. Like these are also factors as well. So I agree with you, Carthen. Like there's kind of two sides to it, but that's something you want to take into account for sure. Um, let's kind of look at more of the backcourt. Uh, I, I want to touch on Monte Morris and how he's played recently to you. Uh, whether you want to talk about this performance tonight specifically or last night specifically or in general, because I want to get a feel for how he's played. I feel like he's, I don't know, I feel like he's your kind of standard table set kind of point guard. Like, he's not even a table set point guard. I'd say more like a general man, like a game manager point guard. Like, all right, you know, but you follow basketball for a long time. I'm from the New York area. Um, a little bit before my time, but I watched a little bit of him as I was young. Uh, Charlie Ward. Remember Charlie Ward? Yeah, I definitely remember Charlie Heisman, Ward. Heisman Award. Yeah, like he's a guy who will pass the ball, nothing flashy, you know, not a, not a tremendous, you know, like a Stockton or anything of that level type playmaker. I ain't going to say Stockton, but, you know, even the playmakers at the time, he's adequate. He'll knock down a couple shots, not super great knocking down shots, but not horrible either. You know, he'll do a little bit of everything. Is that too negative of a look at Morris? I just feel like he's, like he's an adequate point guard. The one stat that Morris has that is very telling of what he means to the Washington Wizards is Morris is number one in the NBA. I think it was at 5.6 something assist to turnover ratio. Number one in the league. So when you have a point guard, a starting point guard who does not turn the ball over and is able to set the offense up and get the offense moving in the direction that it needs to go, Good things come from that. He's not turning the ball over, so we don't have high turnover 
points where other teams are get, uh, scoring a bunch of points off of turnovers. And because of that, what it tells you is, at least when the ball is in his hands, we're getting a shot up instead of it being a turnover. So Monte Morris is not the flashiest point guard. He's not the Russell Westbrooks, the John Morants, the DeAndre Fox. I mean, De- yeah, DeAndre Foxes, Trey Youngs of the world. He's he's not that fancy name point guard. But what he is is steady Eddie, and he's also that point guard that's not making the mistakes. That makes sense. I get you. So he's somebody that is the the, st- the calming hand. I just feel like you have the same type of point guard between Monte Morris and DeLon Wright in the sense that they both play the guard position and they're steady kind of guys. But I feel like, I don't know. I, I feel like you, ha- we, and mind you, this is a larger thing. What, what, like as point guards, like they're there, but do the, how much pressure do you think they're actually taking off of Bradley Beal, because they're not the type of point guard like a Russell Westbrook or the John Wall before him that's equally taking some of that load. Like Beal's still taking an outsized portion of this playmaking. He is. However, when Monte Morris is on the, well, actually, when both of them, neither one of them are point guards that you could speed up. They're not guys that get rattled very easily, and. When you have guys like that, they can slow Bradley Bill down when Bradley Bill gets worked up. And sometimes when Bradley Bill gets real worked up, that's when he has some of his worst games because he's trying to do too much. And they will get the ball and they'll be like, chill out. You, you're doing too much right now. Let's slow this down. Let's get a quality shot. Let's get you in a position where you can make a quality shot and so on and so forth. You're not trying to play hero ball. It's a team thing. Let's make this about a team, but you're going to get yours. So sometimes you need those type of guys, when you, especially when you don't have the Russell Westbrooks, the ones who command the respect of Bradley Bell. The ones that would be like, no, this what the, we're not doing that. This is what we're doing. And Bradley is like, oh, okay, that's what we're doing. So you need those type of guys. Um, does it work every game? Of course not. We all know that. Until they get somebody like a Russell Westbrook, somebody that commands that type of respect from Brad, Brad's going to have his games where he hero balls it out and he's going to have his games where he actually plays within the confinement of the offense. We know that. However... Monte Morris and DeLon Wright are two totally different type of players. One is offensive driven, one's defensive driven. I saw a stat on TV today when watching the game during the pregame show that was very, very telling. DeLon Wright, per third, I think it was per 36 minutes, is a full steal per game higher than the next person in the NBA. It's 3.66, and the next person was at like 2.64. Get out of here. Yeah. Wow. DeLon Wright is that type of defender that, like I told you in previous shows we had, I think if DeLon Wright had never gotten injured and played the entire season, DeLon Wright would be in the conversation for 
Defensive Player of the Year. He's been that type of defender. I mean, you look at what he did today defensively. He, he made countless numbers of stops that doesn't even show up on the score on the scoreboard. He he had several uh, strips on layups where it went off of the offensive player's leg, went out of bounds, caused a turnover. You're not going to see those type of stats show up on DeLon Wright's stat line because they're not going to show up as a steal. But his active hands. I mean, he stole a couple passes. He 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 tracked down two different people in the game and stole the ball from them before they could lay the ball up in the game today. He he has those type of hands that he knows how to play defense without causing making fouls and wreaking havoc on perimeter basketball players. So he's more that type of guy. The stats prove it, and Morris is more of the offensive guy. When you look at Morris, his field goal percentage for the season is is 46%. He's 38% from three-point. And you look at DeMond Wright, he's 40% field goal, 23% from three-point. They're two totally different. Yeah. Would you consider them liabilities on the offensive end from a scoring perspective? I mean, Monte can get his no. long, right? Knows his spots, but okay. Well, there's the answer there. <laughs> I, I I don't because again, Delon Wright can get to his spots as a six-five point guard. He knows how to u- utilize his body to get to where he needs to get to and do what he needs to do as far as offensively he's not a big he's not a guy that shoots the ball he only shoots the ball about five times a game whereas Monte Morris does it eight and a half he, he averages about eight and a half points per uh, field goal shots per game so when you look at it in in those aspects they know their role they're not guys that are going to go out there and overstep their boundaries and and try to be a hero when that's just not their style of ball. That makes sense. I get you. Speaking of style of ball and a guy who can play the hero role, how do you feel about Chris Alfredzingis and the way that he performed? Um, because he's been solid. I didn't like the kind of drop and rebounding I felt like he'd had over the last couple of games, but his scoring's been great, and he definitely went to passing the rock around well as well. Kristoff is one of those guys that – when things are going great, they're going great. When things aren't going so great, they're going okay. He plays best when they when he gets featured. When they play when they kind of play through him is when he plays a lot of his best ball. Today it was a lot of pick and pop. Um uh, a lot of flash and go against um, Julius Randle. He beat Randle like a drum today on flash and goes. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, it was just that type of thing. Randle bit every time. It, it was like <laughs> like 50 first dates. <laughs> That's how bad it was. And Christoph, he knocked down a few threes early in the game. And every time he got the ball near the top of the key, he would just pump. And, and Randall would take the bait. He'd be gone. 
And he got to the line quite a few times tonight because of situations like that, where he would sit there and Randall would flag. He would he pump fake Randall and, and flash the ball like he's gonna shoot. And then next thing you know, Randall's like, "Oh crap!" And he blow past him, or they turn around and foul him. So I mean, Kristoff, to me, now that they have changed the lineup to the way that they've changed it so that Kristoff is playing more of the four instead of the five, I think he's thriving now because he doesn't have to bang with the big guys. Daniel Gafford does that. Tosh Gibson comes in and does that. So he's not banging with those guys. He's playing more against the fours. And it's keeping him a lot more fresh because he's not having to exert so much energy trying to play the, that defense against those big guys. And it allows him to, with the freshness that he has, it allows them to be able to shoot the ball. It allows him to play either on the outside or on the inside. He can play pretty much where he wants to. He get a small guy on him, he's posting him up. He get a big guy on him, he's he's pumping going or he he's posting them up or he's doing something with those guys. So I think Christoph is in a position where he's playing some of the best ball of his career. I, now, do you say that in terms of freedom and scoring? Because he has. I think one thing I haven't agreed like like so far as his rebounding, mind you, for this season, it's not much different than his normal, I guess, statistics. I mean, for his career, um, the guy averaged eight boards a game. He's averaging 8.8 this season. Um, but this was his first double-digit rebounding game since January 9th. Now, that being said, he didn't play in January 11th um, contest against the Bulls. But before that, he had a four- rebound game in 35 minutes, a five rebound game in 37 minutes. Now he bounces back and has 11 rebounds in just 33 minutes. What do you think about that? It goes back to what I was saying to you before that they had a game today where they actually crashed the boards. They weren't all just leaking out like they were trying to stop transition. It's not one guy in down there trying to grab a board. It was three or four of them down there trying to grab a board. And it showed tonight. It showed in a big way. Like I said, 52 rebounds tonight. And of those 52 rebounds, I think they had like 18 offense, yeah, 18 offensive boards. They were crashing the boards tonight. I can't tell you the last time Washington had an 18 offensive board night. And again, they're one of the tallest teams in the NBA. This should be the norm. It shouldn't be the, the exception to, to their play, but it is. And unfortunately, They have their, their nights where they got people leaking all night and they got the nights where people are actually going in there and grabbing boards. Yeah. No, I get it. I mean, you make a good point. I, I guess I was just concerned because I want to see that consistency from a guy you seven foot six. You know what I mean? Like, I get yeah. having a big guy to help you is good, but you should, like, fall into some rebounds, in my opinion. I shouldn't see a 33-point night where you average in the rebounds of a shooting guard. 
and a low-level shooting guard at that because even they get like five to six these days. Yeah, but you also got to keep in mind he's a stretch big. So he's not offensively, he's not going to be really down there like that. But defensively, he should have more defensive boards than he does. And like you said, you're seven three, seven four, seven whatever. You're you're taller than everybody else on the court ninety nine percent of the time. I said seven six. I was being dramatic, y'all. It's seven three, seven six wingspan. But I was being dramatic with the seven six. But yeah, exactly. Sorry, I just wanted to let people know in case they think I'm crazy. No, nah, he, he ain't Taco Fall. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't Brad. He ain't Sean Bradley. He ain't Sean Bradley. He ain't Manute Bowl. <laughs> so, but again, ninety nine percent of the time, he's the tallest person on the court. Exactly. I'm not even. I think what uh, Taco Falls not even in the league anymore. I think it's the one dude uh, they play for Houston. Uh, I think. Uh, Seven five. Yeah. He's a, he's the only person in the league taller than him. Yep. Seven. Yeah. So. So. Whenever you're on, you should be averaging more than eight boards a game, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But again, you can't you can't be down in the block and be on the perimeter at the same time. That's true. No, that's true. I, I cut him some slack. I'm gonna do that. I will give you I will give you some points on that for sure, bro. Because you're right. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, it's gonna be a short show, y'all. We'll kind of get us out here real quick. Final thoughts on this win. Um, because like you said, it was kind of cut and dry. You know, Nick's team didn't bring their A game, didn't shoot well from the field and lost. Um, mind you, with that being the case, you know, they are still a team that the Wizards are looking up in the standings and want to bounce back on. Um, but the Wizards will actually be taking the Magic here um, on Saturday and then the Mavericks on Tuesday. Which game are you most excited for? And like, what do you think the record will be by the time we get back home recording here? Uh, I'm going to say two and zero, and I'll tell you why. Please do, <laughs> and I'll give the caveat too. Got health me. considering, health considering, they will be two and zero. Why? Orlando is not a very good shooting team. Mm-hmm. They are still young and learning how to play. NBA basketball. They're a high turnover team. Mm-hmm. They're fun to watch, but they're a high turnover team. So I think the Wizards' experience is going to take them through that game because they're healthy. Dallas, especially since the trade, Washington has played Dallas extremely tough. Ever since the Porzingis trade, Porzingis shows up in a big way when he plays against them. And the rest of the team shows up with him because they play for Kristoffs. They didn't, Kristoffs doesn't like the way that he got treated when he was in Dallas. And he wants to show them every time he goes and plays against them why they should not have traded him. Revenge for, sen- for essentially a bag of bones. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it, what he got traded for. 
it, 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 it was, in my opinion, disrespectful that they even added a draft pick onto it to make to, to sweeten the deal to get rid of him. You ain't lying. You ain't lying. It was yeah. You ain't lying. It was that wasn't yeah. The fact that they even had to do this to pay for the privilege of a guy who is playing very soft this season is hilarious. You know what I mean? Like his value couldn't have been appreciated that much when the guy this season right now is averaging 22 points per game, 22, eight and two and a half on two and a half assists on 47% shooting and 34% from three. And 1.5 blocks a game. Can't forget that either. So you ain't lying. You, you definitely in line about that. But um, yeah, I'm with you, man. That's, that's one of those things that's definitely interesting. And, and, it's going to be a fun game because you're right. Chris Stops is going to come back and he's taken an interview, said, Hey, you know, just wasn't a good fit with Luca. Like, no especially hard feelings there. We just didn't work out. And and that's fair. But you also want to take that team and bust a total A double mm-hmm, when you play them because you want to make them know. So I'm totally with you on that. But um, yeah, it'll be fun. We got a bold prediction here from Carthen. He says that they are going to go 2 0. I don't think it's that bold. I think the Magic are, are, are a pretty safe bet. Um, you know, you know, as far as long as could talk there for a second, as long as the Wizards don't play down to the level of their opponent, because they will get clipped if they do. Um, the Magic yeah. are still a feisty team. They're young and not that good, but they they will compete. Um, the Mavericks, I think, is a little more challenging. We'll see how it is. We'll see how they play. Um, definitely think there's levels to it, and I wonder who stays in front of Luka Doncic. Um, because I don't see anybody that's going to do a good job. Uh, I don't see who's going to do a good enough job. Let's just say that. I'll put it to you this. I'll put it to you this way, though. Denny Avdia, the last time they played him, played him very well, and we didn't have DeLon Wright. So a lot of times when Luca got off against us the last time we played them, mm-hmm. it was when Denny was sitting. Now that we have a, now that we have two bona fide defenders, that, perimeter defenders that we can throw at him at different times during the game. I think it will be a a different story with that. Lucas Lucas still going to get his, but it's not going to be as easy. But the key to that game is keeping everybody else at bay. Yeah. You know Lucas going you know Lucas going to get his, but if Luca gets his thirty-five, and or his thirty-three that he's averaging this year. Mm-hmm. He gets his thirty-three. Christian and no, and and nobody else gets off. Mm-hmm. They don't. Yeah, they don't sit there and let Christian Wood get off like he did the last the last time he played the Wizards with, with uh, Houston, where he dropped eight threes in a game. Mm-hmm. That dude out there calling heat check. Yeah, yeah, he can do yeah. that. It's like you don't let him get off, and some of his other guys get off. Spencer Dinwiddie revenge game, right? You don't let Spencer Dinwiddie have his have a revenge game. They'll be fine. It, it what it really boils down to is how well they're able to control everybody else. Yeah, Luke is not going to score a hundred and, and and thirty points in a game. Nah, he's he's not going to. So. How well you can control everybody else is going to be the key to that game. There it is. There it is. That's 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 all we need to know here. You said it. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how these teams play. 
Uh, for sure, that match is going to be interesting. Orlando's going to be a good, interesting game, too. Like I said, they're not a great team, but they do have an interesting front court. Size-wise, going to be a nice matchup, contrasting styles there. Uh, the backcourt battle will be interesting as well. No, I agree. I agree. I can't wait to tune in. And, uh, well, we're going to be back here in a couple days, and we actually have a – I'm not going to say a whole lot, but a fun little series going to kick off here uh, as we get closer and closer to the trade deadline, less than a month away. So that will be fun. Stay tuned. But we're going to call it a wrap on this one for now, y'all. Uh, Carthen, uh, before we take them home, where can the good folks find you and your work? Right now, you can mainly find me on Twitter, Carthen NBA, and soon you'll be able to find me on Instagram at Carthen NBA, where I'll be doing some little shorts about different things basketball related. There we go. You heard it here, so definitely make sure to check out Carthen there. Uh, you can find Sports Ethos on Twitter at Sports Ethos on on Twitter at Sports Ethos, online, sportsethos.com, S-P-O-R-T-S-E-T-H-O-S. They're everything looking for from basketball, baseball, football, disc, golf, gambling, fantasy, all of that. You want it, they have it, so check them out there. If you want to find me, Corbin MBA on Twitter, if you are so inclined, I definitely appreciate any and all the love. Uh, I don't have the shorts like Carthen does or the mastery of the film and analysts like he does, but I do know I'm a basketball. Watch a lot of it. Have some podcasts there, so definitely make sure to check me out there. But listen, y'all, it has been a blast as always. Definitely make sure to follow the show. Follow us on Twitter. We want some feedback. We're trying to grow this bad boy out, really get some Wizards fan on here. So definitely make sure to stay tuned for that. But for Carthen, for myself, we are Frosty. Y'all stay Frosty. And as always, go Wizards. Go Wizards.